Good morning. We're going to talk about transitioning our life, and this sermon is transitioning from being a person who avoids pain to a person who pursues God, even in the pain. And as always, there's a Bible app uh, for this message, event for this message, and you can follow along there. That's a a helpful way to follow along. We're going to be in Romans 5, so if you're thinking, I want to look in my Bible, you'll find uh, the passage uh, in Romans 5. We're also going to look at Romans 4 a little bit. So who here loves suffering? Put your hand up. That's kind of what I thought, yeah, yeah. There's always one, one kid that will go like, oh, yeah, I love suffering, but we don't have that here today, yeah. Probably no one here is like, yeah, I love to suffer. I'm just looking for new ways to suffer. In fact, if that characterizes you, maybe there's uh, a, some men in white suits that are ready to pick you up at the door when you leave, right? In fact, all of us do specific things so that we can avoid suffering. I, I, I do, right? For example, sunscreen. <laughs> I wear sunscreen to avoid cancer, but also to just avoid being sunburned because I don't like to suffer that way. Um, you go to work. Why? Turn a living. Why? Because if I don't have any money, I'm going to be suffering a whole lot of things. So you, you, you even go to work to avoid suffering. Or if you're a student, you study for a test. Why? Because I don't want to have to take this class again because suffering through this once is more than enough, right? So avoiding suffering is just part of the way we're programmed and, and part of the way even I think that, that God made us so that we can survive, the Bible indicates, though, that there are some aspects of suffering that are actually valuable and, and beneficial. My go-to response on suffering is, how do I get out of this? In fact, I want to avoid it, sometimes at all costs. And when you think of those, though, who face suffering, you do see two kinds of people. You see the kind I just described, me, that I just want to avoid suffering. How do I do that? And, and, and I kinda, you can kind of even make it your goal to avoid suffering. In fact, if you ever have something that you're suffering, I can remember when I had my herniated disc, which was small potatoes in the world of suffering. It's like my objective is to keep my neck so that I am not in pain, you know? That's my life ambition, is to avoid suffering. And there are some people that when they're in suffering, that's what their life turns out to be, people that want to avoid the suffering. There's a second kind of person who when they're in suffering, naturally they want to avoid it, but that is not their life ambition. Their life ambition is to pursue God through their suffering. In fact, I've talked to people who've suffered greatly who have said, I would not change that which I have suffered for not suffering because of the way I've been able to pursue God through it. I'll give you an example. It's one of your elders at Kerbinsville Alliance, David Clark, who took his faith very casually, he would tell you, for years. It was, I think it was 11 years ago this week You'll have to ask Dave how many years ago. He was pouring a little bit of gasoline into the carburetor of a truck. The guy inside was cranking it over, and it backfired. 23% of Dave's body was burned. If I have heard Dave say it once, I've heard him say it dozens, dozens of times. I would not trade not getting burned for what God has done in my life through my suffering. That's kind of amazing, isn't it? And I think that part of the reason for that is because Dave was the kind of person who did not say, I'm going to avoid suffering at all costs, and now the suffering's happened, oh, no. But instead, he was someone who said, I'm suffering. Through my suffering, I think I'll pursue God. And Dave would say to you, God pursued him like crazy. Now, I don't know which kind of person you are. I don't know if you're the kind of person who's like, man, I just want to avoid suffering, and now that it's here, all I can think about is how to get out of it. Or if you're the other kind of person who says, I'd like to avoid suffering, but now that it's here, I think I'll pursue God in it. I don't know which one you are, but if you're the first one, I want to help you transition into being the second one. Transition from avoiding pain to pursuing God in your pain. 
And I'm going to just read some verses from Romans chapter 5. And uh, we'll read some other passages as well. Listen to these five verses. Verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now listen to this verse. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. What an odd phrase. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Isn't that an odd phrase there in verse three? Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. You might ask yourself, wait a second, how or why would anyone glory in suffering? And the immediate answer was right in that passage, because suffering produces something important in us. You know the phrase, no pain, no what? Gain, yeah. (laughs) Suffering produces something important in us. And in this passage, it produces character, it produces hope, it produces perseverance. When I used to go to the Y, and I don't go to the Y anymore, you know why I don't go to the Y? I'm going to tell you why I don't go to the Y anymore. Because every time I got done with a miserable workout, I'd go down to the locker room and I'd be changing. There'd be some guy and he'd look at me and say, how was your workout? And I wanted to say, miserable! That's what I wanted to say, right? But the go-to or the natural answer that people have for that, how was your workout? That was pretty good. When they say it was pretty good, here's what they're saying. They're saying, I believe that I suffered a substantial amount, so I'm going to get some gain for that. That's what they're saying. And they're right. I should go to the Y. Because suffering produces something important within us. But there's a deeper answer to why one would glory in one's suffering. And it's a little hard to explain, and I hope that I'm able to. I hope I'm able to help you understand this. This passage that we read, in its greater contents, says we don't need to make it our life ambition to avoid suffering because of our relationship with God. We can glory in suffering because of our walk with God. Now, if you know anything about God, you know that God looks for trust. He looks for faith, which is synonymous, I believe, biblically speaking, with trust. And therefore, when you encounter God, when you interact with him, if you choose to trust him, you are glorifying him. Trust. That glorifies God. That's what he desires. He wants us to trust him. That's what we say, have a little faith. Trust God. Trust him. And, and in, in this passage that we're looking at, when it talks about glorying in your suffering, if we backed up, and we're not going to take the time to read the whole chapter, but if we backed up to chapter 4 in verse 3, it says, what does the scripture say? And it's talking about Abraham. It says, Abraham believed God. There's that trust thing. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Our relationship with God is a relationship that is based in trust. And when we trust him, we're glorifying him, we are pleasing him. God looks for our trust, and he even, he even rewards our trust. Abraham was credited with righteousness because he trusted God. Now, you have to understand, as the Apostle Paul is writing these words in Romans, which is, Romans and Hebrews are the most heavily theological, detailed, difficult-to-understand books in the Bible. But right here at the beginning of the book of Romans, his big point is 
You are not saved by keeping the law. You are not saved by performing a religious ritual. Let me say that sentence again. You're not saved by keeping the law. You're not saved by performing a religious ritual. You're not saved by the good deeds you do. You're saved by trusting God. Because Jesus did the good deed. When he went to the cross, he died in your place. And so your salvation is based on his finished work on the cross. Trust him that he has done that and that you can be saved. Trusting God is a righteous thing to do, especially in times of suffering. God rewards our trust. He forgives those who trust him. That's the whole point of Romans 4, 7, and 8, where it says, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whom the Lord, whose sin the Lord will never count against him. When you're trusting God, that makes God happy. He finds great joy in your trusting him. And so we don't hide from suffering because God counts our trust as righteousness. And when we're in the midst of suffering and still trusting him, think of how meaningful that act is. Think of how important that act is. Think of what that means in God's mind. And no wonder he gives us peace. I mean, the first verse we read is Romans 5.1, where it says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, there it is, through trusting God, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Why would anyone glory in their sufferings? One, because no pain, no gain. Second, because when you glory in your suffering, you are demonstrating to God, I trust you. We're going to dig a little deeper on that. We're going to talk about what happens when we actually glory in our sufferings. And the first thing is this, God is glorified. God is glorified when you, as a Christian, as a believer, as one of his children, choose not to avoid and get away from at all costs the pain you're in, but to pursue him in it, to glory in it, he's glorified. And the Bible tells us that whatever we do, we should want to glorify God. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And we know that passage is talking about our freedom in Christ, but it applies so clearly to everything that you'll hear people paraphrase it to say, therefore, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Do it so God is honored. So I want to glory in my suffering so that God is honored, so that God is glorified. And it hardly needs to be said that when we become angry about our suffering, God's not glorified. Or when we become whiny, which, man, I am such a whiner. You should have seen me in the heat this week at Mahaffey Camp. When we become whiny about our suffering, do you think that glorifies God? No way. Or when we become bitter and indignant, can't believe God's allowing this to happen. Do you think that glorifies God? No, it doesn't. We want to glorify God in all that we do. Do you know people who have suffered well and, and gloried in their suffering? I do. You do too. They attend this church, some of them. John Soper, he does not attend this church, but he spoke at Mahaffey Camp last week, last year rather, Dr. Soper. I've heard Tim Glunt tell this story half a dozen times. He told it at men's group this Thursday night. How about that? Our men's group is so important. Those guys drove from Mahaffey all the way to Bob Livergoods to meet on a Thursday night. That's pretty cool. So at men's group on Thursday night, uh, Tim Glenn told a story again. When he told it, other guys were nodding and almost saying it with him, even though they hadn't heard him say it before. Here's John Soper. He's a guy who has um, MS. Is it MS or muscular dystrophy? I wrote it down. Muscular dystrophy. Okay? He walks with two canes. So I, I'm, I'm just going to give you a feel for it. He walks with, with a cane in each hand like this, okay? 
And I hope you don't think that's disrespectful for me to show that. I just want you to see what, what it kind of looks like. Tim Glenn says, oh, boy, I'll never forget. Dr. What's his name? Soper. Yeah, Dr. Soper at Mahaffey Camp. You'd see, they'd introduce him and he'd get up and he'd walk up there, cane in each hand. Then he'd walk over and he'd lean those canes on the pole. He'd get into that pulpit. And it was like the Spirit of God said, one more time, old man. <laughs> Tim Glenn has so much, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's good at drama. He's, one more time, old man. And he'd stand up and preach the Word of God like no one else. Well, I found that a little offensive because he's saying that Dr. Soper's better at preaching than me. I didn't find that offensive at all. But what's going on there? Here's what's going on there. There's a guy that glories in his suffering by glorifying God in his suffering. Do you see that? It's so powerful that a year later, a bunch of guys are up in Woodland sitting on a porch eating way too much beef on a Thursday night in men's Bible study and remembering that. It's a beautiful thing. God is glorified and people are inspired when we glory in our suffering. I don't need to remind you that when you suffer poorly, no one's looking at that as an inspiration. <laughs> when you suffer poorly, you get pity, but that's about all. And I don't want pity. You want, you want pity? I don't want pity. No. People that you admire most, many of them are people who have suffered greatly and who have suffered well. People who have overcome great suffering and succeeded. I am always impressed by the athlete that comes back from a defeat or from an injury and does well. Franco Harris, he was a great running back for the Steelers. I like Franco a lot, right? Rocky Blyer ran beside him and didn't do near as well. But Rocky came back from Vietnam with a foot that they said, you'll never play football again. Mr. Rooney, who owned the Steelers, said, take your time. We'll give you whatever you need. And he came back and played for years. Who do you admire more? <laughs> Sorry, Franco. I love you, buddy. But I really admire that person who persevered through suffering. It inspires us. And I don't know anything about Rocky Blyer's faith, but I know that as a Christian, I have the ability, because the Holy Spirit lives in me, to approach suffering from a mentality that doesn't just say, I got to get out of this, but can say, I will persevere and pursue God in this. And if I make that kind of choice, it changes everything. And I want to say to you, it's okay in the midst of suffering just to quietly ask yourself the question, who's watching? Because people are watching. When I know people are watching me, that kind of helps me to say, I want to handle this well because I want my suffering to count for something. I don't want to suffer for nothing. Third, when you glory in your suffering, you are blessed. I have never suffered deeply. I don't pretend I have. But I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death with many people, some of you. We've walked together. So I've noticed a few things about suffering. One of the things I've noticed is this, and I wrote it down on the screen so you can read along. Those who embrace their suffering, seeing it as a chance to glorify God on a deeper level and as a way to inspire people, those folks are blessed in the midst of their suffering. In contrast, people who allow suffering to make them bitter and angry, 
They forfeit such blessing. They just let it go. So today, with as much gentleness as I can, I'd like to ask you to take a look at your own reaction to suffering as it has come into your life. How do you react? Do you go all out to avoid it? Do you kind of withdraw in general? Do you lash out in anger? Do you become hard-hearted? Do you whine? I would love to see you and me transition from avoiding suffering to pursuing, not suffering, we're not pursuing suffering, but we're pursuing God in the midst of life because all of life has elements of suffering within it. Let's think about for a minute, or ten, <laughs> let's think about how to transition from avoiding suffering to pursuing Jesus. How do we do that? First, I would say it would be helpful for us to see suffering as something that can produce something good in us. And it produces maybe the pursuit of God in us. Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, we read this. Remember, it says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know. And here's what it produces. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope doesn't put us to shame. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. See suffering as something that produces something good in you. And by the way, chances are you can't do that just by changing your mind. I mean, I can throw that on the screen, I can say it to you, I can read it from the Bible, but chances are you're not going to be able to say, okay, yeah, I'm suffering and it's doing something good to me, so I'm going to go ahead and embrace it. I'm, I'm, I'm good for that. It's not just a decision you can make like, yeah, I think I want the pancakes for breakfast this morning. That doesn't work. You can't simply change your mind like that, but what you can do is embrace God through your suffering, and he will change your mind. Do you understand that? In your suffering, you can turn your heart to God. Psalm 34 says the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Wow, he's right there. Turn your heart toward him in your suffering. In your suffering, you can spend time reading God's word. And when you do that, he can speak to you. In your suffering, you can worship God. And when you do that, when you do that, he's there for you. See suffering as something that can produce something good in you. That is the pursuit of God. And when you do that, you transition from being the kind of person who avoids suffering at all costs, which is absolutely impossible, to being someone who would pursue God in the midst of your suffering. Number two, see suffering as something that shows God your love. Now, I'm not suggesting... (laughs) I'm not suggesting you prove your love to God. It's actually, it's actually simpler than that. Just think of suffering as a way to show your love to God. Like maybe you do with your spouse. This week, I wanted to show Laurel my love. I mean, she was just so tired and working so hard. The woman doesn't know to stop, you know? She doesn't know how to stop. So I wanted to do something nice. And I, I said to her earlier, I said, I want you to know I'm going to buy junk food. And because I have to prep her for that, you know? You're not going to like hearing this, honey, but I'm going to buy junk food. She gave me the look, you know, like, honey. And I said, look, my happy camp sometimes is a little bit stressful, and junk food will help me out. I'm going to get Lay's potato chips, and I'm going to get ice cream sandwiches, neither of which she eats. I love ice cream sandwiches. You know? I, I split a box of those with a nephew one time when I was 16. Whole box. We were both pretty sick. 
She said, okay, yeah, do what you need to do. So she's okay with it. I got to the store, and when I went into the store, there were the ice cream sandwiches, and there were these little pints, or maybe a little bigger than that, I don't know how big they were, of ice cream that Laurel likes. And so I got that. What I got was, I wrote it down, double chocolate fudge brownie ice cream. That'll work. (laughs) That'll work, right? And I took it to camp. And I said to Laurel, I didn't get ice cream sandwiches. I got something you would enjoy as well. What was I doing? I wasn't proving my love to Laurel, but I was showing her my love in the midst of suffering because it was 90 degrees in that cottage, right? Yeah, (laughs) small suffering. You see, gift giving like that is an opportunity to show love to someone you care about. And suffering gives you perhaps a far greater opportunity to show God your love. It gives you a chance to show him, I trust you. And remember, trust is what he loves. He loves to be trusted because he's trustworthy. You can't talk about suffering without mentioning Job. You can, but I'm not going to. You know, Job in the Old Testament suffered everything. He lost everything. And in the midst of that loss, at one point, Job says this, though he slay me, he's talking about God, think of that, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. Another translation says, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will defend my ways to his face. Indeed, this will turn out for my deliverance, for no godless person would dare come before him. Listen carefully to what I say. Let my words ring in your ears. Now that I have prepared my case, I know I'll be vindicated. Let me say this. That's not arrogance on Job's part. Job is not, you you ought not read this as Job saying, I'm a good man and I can't wait to prove it. God's just got this confused. I mean, he may feel that way a little bit, but I want you to see Job in this circumstance saying, I know that God is fair. I know that God is good. I know that God is just. I know that God is merciful. I know that God is gracious. I know he'll give me a hearing and I know he will act in the right way because I trust him. Do you hear that? I trust him. And he proves his love to God in doing that. You can do this or not. (laughs) You can turn your heart to God and trust him. Or you can turn your heart away from God in suffering. And be bitter. You can turn your heart to him and show him your love. You can transition by the power of the Holy Spirit within you. From being someone who wants to avoid suffering at all costs. To someone who who when suffering enters your life. You choose to embrace God and pursue Jesus. Third. See suffering as something that shows God's greatness to the people around you. Listen carefully. Um, as you look to God to sustain you through suffering, please be sure you're letting those around you know that it is God who is sustaining your suffering, sustaining you in your suffering. So I want to say a sentence again because I kind of stumbled. So listen again. As you look to God to sustain you through your suffering, be sure you're letting your loved ones know that it is God who is sustaining you through your suffering. I don't really care for my children when they see me suffering. Whenever that occurs in my life, whether it's big or whether it's little, as much as I want my children to think I'm cool, I don't want them to think, man, dad was so strong when he suffered. Here's what I want them to think. Dad leaned into Jesus and Jesus made him strong in his suffering. Do you see that difference? It's huge. It's huge. 
And it's important for many reasons. One reason that it's important is because if they think it's you that was strong, then when they face suffering, they might say, man, I don't have whatever it was that mom had because I'm floundering in this suffering. But if mom or if dad or if whoever lets them know, I got nothing except Jesus and he's sustaining me in my suffering, then when they enter into their suffering, they can say, well, I'm floundering here, but I remember look to Jesus and pursue him in my suffering. That's what I saw. And that's what they'll do. And that which you do in the midst of your suffering, pursuing Jesus, it will be contagious and it'll be beneficial to them. Ask God to do that for you. By the way, don't fake it. (laughs) Don't fake it. You've got to really look to Jesus. Ask him to manage, to help you manage your suffering as you draw close to him. And in so doing, you will transition from being someone who tries to avoid suffering at all costs to someone who pursues Jesus in your suffering. Transitioning from avoiding pain to pursuing God, that's a good thing to do. I, I, I want to wrap up this message with um, a verse of scripture in a, in a book of Acts. Uh, let me give you a little bit of the backdrop. Um, the apostles, Jesus has already ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father. So the church is growing. Peter and John and James, all those guys are preaching Christ is risen and they're telling people this. They're getting a lot of opposition from the religious leadership that hated Jesus, which Jesus told them, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. And they knew that going in. And, and so the Sanhedrin, which is the ruling council of religious professionals there in Jerusalem, decides we need to whip these boys. And so they take them and have them flogged. I've been spanked, but I've never been flogged. You know, I, I think about what will my reaction be what would my reaction be were that to ever happen? I might be bitter. God, I'm trying to help you out here, and what are you doing? You're letting me get beat up. I might get whiny. I didn't deserve it. All I did was it, right? I could react a lot of bad ways because I could have a mindset that says I need to avoid being flogged at all costs, but they didn't do that. The apostles, after they were flogged, left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name the name of Jesus. You just got to admire that, don't you? And do you see how their very behavior 2,000 years later inspires you and me? It speaks to our hearts. I don't want to be a person, and I don't want you to be a person who's like, I got to avoid suffering at all costs. I mean, I'm not asking you to find a way to suffer, and I'm not asking you to quit taking an ibuprofen every now and then. I'm not asking you to do that. You, you know that, right? I'm talking about your mindset. To see suffering as an enemy. I don't want you to see suffering as something you have to avoid at all costs, but rather I want you to transition to pursuing God in your suffering. And I want to pray that we all could do that. So if you're comfortable doing so, let's stand together and we'll pray. Let's bow our hearts. Father in heaven, we are thankful for your love for us. We are thankful that we can run to you in times of difficulty, whether it's pain, suffering, heartache, Depression, loss, grief, persecution, attack, neglect, whatever pain we might be feeling, we need not wallow in that pain and try to figure out ways to avoid it. We can simply go to you, God. And when we do, we are blessed, you're glorified, and others are inspired. 
So I pray that you will transition us from the mindset that always wants to avoid suffering to a mindset that would pursue you in the midst of that which is inevitable in this life, suffering. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.